You have questions? We have answers. We're two Southern moms on the backside of raising kids. And we have some things to say. We've lived life, made mistakes, and learned some lessons. Join us for answers to the questions you, you just, just want to ask your mom. mom. Hi, welcome to another Just Ask Your Mom podcast. <laughs> okay, we got to start again. That's a terrible start. <laughs> I didn't know you were ready. Oh, it doesn't matter when. I'm going to start whenever. I can cut this beginning part, of course. All right. Welcome to another Just Ask Your Mom podcast. I'm Bonnie Blaylock. And I'm Renee Sproles. Well, contrary to most people, the toddler years were some of my favorite times in my kids' lives. I don't know about you, Renee. Yes, the same. You know I did not love the baby stage. No, the baby stage seems so hard to me. It wasn't engaging enough, and I was, like, so unequipped for it. But give me, the, like, 18 months to three years old. That's golden. I love those years, They're too. Cutest. I mean, okay, it is true. These little miniature people will test and try you. Yes. And there's a reason that there's a nickname called the Terrible Twos. And you and I both think three gives two a run for its money. Amen to that. Absolutely. Looking at you, Houston Sproles. <laughs> three. <laughs> I thought I was done after two. No, 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 no. It's just beginning. Yeah. But today we're going to run down a list of top 10 toddler tips that we hope will encourage you parents in the toddler trenches. Yeah. So first tip, it's a toddler's job to push boundaries. Okay. They're professional line crossers. And they cross lines in varying ways. You have the jumper over big, big line crossers, mm-hmm. and you have the little teeny tiny line crossers, <laughs> and they're but they're both doing it. They are both crossing the line. That's right. Yeah. And although I know it sometimes feels like it, they're not doing it to see if they can break you, Mom. Don't take their behavior personally. Yeah. You know, we're their default safe space. So... The fact that they're pushing all these boundaries around us means that we're safe to try new things around. We're safe to mess up around. That's right. It's a compliment. Yeah. Take it as a compliment. (laughs) Their brains at this stage need to know what is me and what is not me. What is safe and what is not safe. How far can I go? What is cause and effect? A toddler wants to try it and he's going to get frustrated when he can't do it. All those things are boundaries. What am I I trying to do? Mm -hmm. It's just what they're meant to do. Yeah. Okay, number two, a toddler is a portrait of opposites. Within the span (laughs) of a week, she might love carrots and two days later, loathe carrots. Mm -hmm. He'll go near and far. I want to wander alone across Walmart and don't leave me with the babysitter. (laughs) Don't leave me, don't leave me. Right. He will be unable to do anything. I can't get dressed. I can't pick up my toys and want to do everything. Me do it. Buckle my car seat, zip my jacket, pour my cereal. Yeah. So if one aspect of your 18-month-old is driving you nuts, just wait a week or even two days. (laughs) Or a couple of hours. (laughs) It's probably going to change. Everything at this stage is a phase. Yep. Everything is a phase. They're going through incredibly rapid development. Their vocabulary, their motor skills, their preferences. Everything is changing. Yeah. I just heard the other day that by age three... Something like 75% of our wiring gets completed. Wow. That's huge. It's a lot of work. A lot of stuff going on in their mm-hmm. brains and their bodies. So give them, yeah, give them a little slack. Cut for yourself that. some slack. Cut them some slack. All right, number three, a toddler, much like a teenager and a lot of 20-somethings, is inherently self-interested. Mm-hmm. At this age, you can start 
teaching concepts. It's like sharing, being gentle. We're laughing at this. Being kind, (laughs) right? Apologizing or waiting, but don't expect them to get it the first 48 times that you've explained it. Right. Or even if you've modeled the behavior you're after, they're impulsive. They are developmentally, they don't have the capacity to completely self-regulate. So you're going to, this is an, this is a stage. This is a stage of repetition. It's a stage of encouragement and praise and setting them up for success. This is my mantra Mm -hmm. as a young mom, set them up for success. Set yourself up for success. Right. They want what they want when they want it. And this doesn't make them bad or selfish or mean. It makes them a toddler. Yeah. Consistency is your friend. We A lot of parents come to us and like, oh, my kid's doing this and they're doing that and they're doing that. Well, there too. That's A lot mm-hmm. of times that's my answer. There too. Mm-hmm. Like it's okay. It doesn't mean you're a terrible parent or that they're some off the rails psychopath. They're two and three. They're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all right. The key for you is to just not give up, to continue to yeah. keep the um, the family standards that you and your husband have decide upon Mm -hmm. and to just continue with that because like you said these these are boundaries and this is a stage of boundary pushing right and jumping over and jumping back and jumping over and jumping back and we're learning okay are these really the boundaries are you actually going to follow through on them and the answer needs to be yes every time so yeah not on a tuesday when i'm in a good mood right but I'm not on Monday when I'm feeling terrible. Yeah, not at noon when I'm all up awake and had my three cups of coffee. Also at 6 a.m. when I'm just out of bed. Mm -hmm. You know, you you just, you're on it all the time. So that's hard. That's really hard. We talked about waiting, teaching them to wait. I do want to give a little tool in here for teaching them not to interrupt you. Oh, I loved this. This was really helpful. Which is, yeah, goes on all the time. Mommy, mom, mom, hey, mom, mom. So um, just work on it. As a practice, over and over and over again, teach them to come up and put their hand on you and and just wait quietly and you put your hand on their hand. I've seen you. I know you're there while you're talking to a friend or while you're on the phone or something like that. Um, It just teaches them patience, teaches them to wait for a minute and you know they're there and you're going to get to them and then pause and turn to them. It's something active they can do instead of just making them stand there. You know, I put my hand on top of theirs and you would pat it and be like, I know you're here. Mm -hmm. And I would try to find a pause in the conversation within another minute. Right. You know, because they are just two Mm -hmm. or three and I didn't want them to make. Now, as I got older, I would make them wait five minutes. You can come back and check. Sure. But that's a, that's down the road. Yeah. You want to, again, you want to make it a positive experience. So find that little segue and step aside. Yeah. 60 seconds or less. (laughs) Right. All right. Number four. Mm, Bonnie. Tantrums. Again, with the self-regulations. Toddlers have big emotions in their little bodies, and they don't always know what they're signaling. So if they didn't get to sit next to daddy at dinner and that triggered World War III, what are you going to do? Yeah, a lot of times parents... When our kids have tantrums, for some reason, that triggers something in us. And we become this, you know, the screaming, I can't take this frustration or whatever, this terrible parent, this, you know, yelling mom. So basically mirroring them at that point. Which is the exact opposite of what they need. So um, if that's you, then before you do anything, a tantrum is happening, just pause, remind yourself, you are the adult. And what they need to see is calm. 
Amen, amen, amen. Reacting with anger, frustration, shaming uh, to your little person's emotional turmoil doesn't help them. It teaches them that their emotions are bad. Um, It teaches them that it's okay to do what they're doing because you're doing it. (laughs) I mean, that only certain emotions are, are welcome here. So, you know, we we would just remove them. So a tantrum usually needs an audience. It's a great dramatic performance. Mm -hmm. Done it great, (laughs) you know, cost to the child. It's exhausting for them to keep that up, which is why we just kind of waited it out. Yeah. You cannot keep that level of emotional intensity up for hours typically. Mm -hmm. And so we would remove them, be gentle and calm in our tone and say, you know what? When you're done with this, we will come and discuss this with you. But I I can't talk to you when you're like this. Yeah, they're not going to listen to you anyway. They're mm-hmm. not hearing you when they're in the middle of all that craziness. And then when they are calm, go back in and talk. peel that onion like we've talked about before. What are you feeling? What's what's got you so upset? I, or I say that you're angry that you can't sit next to dad. Um, Tell me more about that. How can we express that in a better way? Mm-hmm. How can we try again? This is um a, a, this is when that emotion wheel would have been great for me to kind of help just again just walk around that wheel with mm-hmm. my child and go okay are you feeling this are you feeling this right like you're saying like putting some words to it to me that was not intuitive and I could have used a little crutch yep I think so me too and. If you can't name the emotion, then they certainly can't name the emotion. So, yeah, you really have to be aware mm-hmm. of what is going on and help give them that vocabulary to go through. And it doesn't necessarily mean when you get through all of that, doesn't necessarily mean that they get to sit next to daddy or that they get the thing no. that they wanted. No, maybe next time. But I really didn't want them to connect like this big rigmarole with, okay, that's what I have to do to get what I want. Right. So I would try to wait now and I would try to make it happen fairly quickly so that they could connect the dots. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. We, we would learn, especially like before we went into the store, it used to be a thing. I want to get a toy. I want to get this. And it started to escalate and we would do like this. Okay. We're going in the store. Probably not going to get anything today, but that's okay. Maybe next time. And I would have them repeat that Mm -hmm. to me and it hearing themselves say maybe next time. It's like a magical mantra. Gave them a thing to hang on to, yeah. I guess. Yeah, they're saying it aloud. That's, I mean, we're human beings. We're not human thinkings. Mm-hmm. So when, like, it's helpful for us to say things aloud, right. even as adults. There's, there's power in that to remind ourselves mm-hmm. this is what's going to happen, and mm-hmm. it's okay. Yeah. So this is the age when kids are realizing their preferences. They can also be changing their sleep routines. <laughs> I'm going to give you permission, mom and dad. You need to be in charge of their naps and their meals. You know how much sleep a two- to three-year-old needs and what their nutrition needs are. Mm -hmm. They don't. No, they don't. They don't. Now, every child is going to have different sleep needs. You know, one of mine needed maybe two hours more sleep than the other. Mm -hmm. But uh, you are deciding that once you notice, okay, here's what they're needing. Here's how I'm going to schedule my day or set up my day. Right. Um, And... Also, you know, this is my thing, Bonnie. This is when you introduce new foods again and again and again and again. So don't just do a one and done. Oh, they don't like peas because mm-hmm. we introduced them one night for dinner and, you know, they hated them. They gagged or whatever. You just revisit it again and again and again. This is physiological. They have a lot more taste buds on their tongues when they're little. Things 
taste more of everything. Mm-hmm. But um, it's also developmental. They want some volition and control. Right. And and potty and food are two things that they can have some control over. Mm-hmm. Um, so just know that. Know that. And if your child has texture issues or is literally throwing up at every meal mm-hmm. because they can't do that. There are, you can go to an occupational therapist mm-hmm. or you can go to a speech therapist and get some of that taken care of or, or worked through with your child. Uh, but don't give up and just say, okay, well, we can only just have potato chips and gummy bears from yeah. now on. That's no good for them and it's no good for the family. And it's, it's giving in, over accommodating does not help them in the long run. Right, right. But if it is, like they really can't, swallow down mm-hmm. food. Yeah. There's something off there that we're, what we're talking about is just that will like, right. I don't want to do it, but then I will do it and can do it at yep. other times. Yeah. No um, two year old has ever been known to starve themselves. Yeah. Not one. Yeah. So take heart mm-hmm. and look at, uh, their intake over about a week's time mm-hmm. instead of day by day. Mm-hmm. Cause I know we get worried about it. It's okay. And Let's just talk about naps one more time because, you know, everybody is different. My, you know, my kids kept two naps for quite some time, but around 18 to 24 months, you will drop a nap and it's that morning nap Mm -hmm. where you just have the afternoon nap. And, um, yet they're still needing 12 to 14 hours of sleep a day. That's a ton. 12 to 14 hours of sleep. Think how much that is. It's a lot of sleep. More than you probably think. So just adjust accordingly. You know, that I like I liked it when they dropped a nap. I'm like, oh my goodness, we have the morning. We yeah. can go do like something all the way through lunch and come home by two o'clock for a nap. Yeah. Worked out great. It was wonderful. For my biorhythm schedule as well. Yeah. I like the afternoon nap personally myself. Yeah. So number six is routine and freedoms. Just because your two-year-old can do something doesn't mean she should. So if you're having a lot of behavior issues during the day, if you're frustrated much of the time, try breaking your day into manageable segments and you determine the activity. Routine and predictability are your friend here. Right. Don't be afraid to claim your authority as parent. Your child needs you to be in charge. And if you can break those activities down into, okay, for this hour, we're going to read stories. And for this hour, we're going to do a craft. And for this hour, we're going outside. Simple, flexible segments. Then a lot of those behavior issues are going to disappear. If you rein in that um, just aimlessly wandering around the house and constant decision making that you are allowing. Yeah. So we would, I mean, this is an age of exploration. I'm not saying they had to sit in a playpen. No. They could wander around in the room I chose. Mm-hmm. We'd go to the bonus room and they could toddle around and we could play up there. And then we would move down to their bedroom. Maybe we'll have a tea party in there. We'd move into the den where we had a big empty floor space for the train tracks. But it was I who was moving us from room to room. They did not have the run of the house at age two. Correct. And a lot of the times they were just coming along with what I was doing. We're doing laundry. Mm-hmm. You put together the socks mm-hmm. that look the same and mm-hmm. what you do, you know, I got stuff to, I got to do in my day and you can help. I'm having a shower. So this is your playpen time for 15 to 20 minutes and I'm mm-hmm. gonna put some toys in there and you can, you can do that for 15 to 20 minutes. Right. I want to come get you. Right. It just brings a lot of sanity into yeah. your world and it brings security to their world. I remember when I didn't do that and I thought, oh, she can just sit on a blanket on the floor. We've been practicing this. 
And I got out of the shower and like every single thing had been pulled out of my nightstand. <laughs> every pair of panties, every bra, <laughs> every pair of socks. It was just so much fun emptying yeah. all those drawers. And I thought, oh, okay, I overestimated yeah. there. <laughs> we weren't quite ready for that freedom. So is the toddler years, or I guess are the toddler years too early for spiritual growth, Bonnie? No. It's a great time to talk about God throughout the day. You can pray before meals. You can praise God for the outdoors. Um, you can, my goodness, Emma was memorizing the 23rd Psalm somewhere between ages two and three, mm-hmm. little by little. Pieces. Just, mm-hmm. I mean, music, um, scripture set to music is a super easy way. Yeah. Don't underestimate their capability for mm-hmm. understanding those concepts. And um, those tantrums, and those great big feelings that they're having, those can be given to God. Mm-hmm. Um, after you're done with the tantrum situation and you've figured out what the feelings were, stop and pray about it. Yeah. Help them for help them ask for good behavior or better behavior later on, or help God to help you be be kind. God, can you help me be gentle? Yeah. Um, we liked Veggie Tales at this age. Do they still do Veggie Tales? Uh, we now? Did too. Is it redone? They have uh, new ones, I think. Well, I don't know. I like the old ones. But uh, yeah. We still sing Barbara Manatee and all the yeah. <laughs> all the songs. Yeah. A Madam Blueberry, I'm so blue. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I I am a firm believer that young children have spiritual insights that adults do not have. They're they're close. more Yeah, they came to from God just a little while ago. They're more attuned to the spiritual world. Um, I found those conversations fascinating with my two toddlers and the concepts they could grasp um, were way beyond what I would have expected before having children. Me too. Very surprising. Very receptive. Mm -hmm. Um, They'll point out things that are the coolest that you never even thought of. Mm -hmm. So yeah, don't underestimate their potential for spiritual growth for sure. And Get into a routine of attending church with them. It's a time when a lot of young families come back to church if they've left for their children. It's a great time to come back. Yeah, it is. Our Mm -hmm. our church happens to have a great children's department. Um, Find one that does. Mm -hmm. It benefits. Yeah, that's pulling in the same direction you are. Yep. Okay, number eight, exposure. Toddlers are sponges. These are great years to introduce your child to everything mm-hmm. in life. That was exciting to me because you see the world all over again mm-hmm. through them. So fun. Um, so travel with them, meet different people, people who look different than you and talk different than you and talk about those differences. There's f- all the fun mommy and me classes and dance and music, sandboxes, kiddie pools, swimming lessons. I mean, yeah. we went skiing and there was a three-year-old that just zipped past me on the ski slopes. Yeah. So center of gravity advantage much? <laughs> Crazy. They, they're so close to the ground. Put me to shame. So yeah, little kids can do a lot. Yeah. Ride bikes with them. Go to playgrounds, swing, slide, climb, go to the zoo or even a pet store. Those are so fun. And get a pet if you're brave enough. Yeah. Let them ride horses, help in the garden, listen to music in a different language or play with paint, color, crafts, go to the beach, children's museum. Yeah, go outside at night. David was good about this with the kids, looking at the stars. Um, And go out no matter the weather. Go out in the rainy rain. Go out in the hot sun. Go out in the snow. Mm -hmm. Um, We're meant to be outside. We're better versions of ourselves when we're outside, including toddlers. Yep. When you're in a tantrum, 
Mm. Go outside. But just the stress level immediately just comes down. Mm -hmm. Put them in water or take them outside was the old mantra when they were in a bad spot. Well, the more they're exposed to at these ages, the more it feeds their imagination, curiosity, and resilience. And number nine is um, not a to-do. It's a to-don't. Like resist the pressure to pursue readiness. So what if your two-year-old doesn't know his piano scales or if your three-year-old's not reading chapter books or doesn't even know their alphabet? Relax. (laughs) What are the toddler years for? Play. Discovery. Yes. Those are the things that are actually going to get them ready for all that handwriting and reading that you're so worried about. (laughs) But forget about what Bethany and Winthrop are doing in the Sylvan Learning Program. Your child is going to catch up by the end of kindergarten and will be way less anxious and stressed than those two. Yep. When Bethany and Winthrop are in therapy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your kid will just be outside camping. That's right. <laughs> Which is better. Oh, so the same goes for t-ball and toddler soccer teams that are just going to mean lots of family time with practices and games for a child who's likely not invested. It's the rare toddler who's super invested in dance class. Yeah. Ask my daughter who taught the toddler class. I know. It's just because everyone wants to see him so cute. In oh, she's like, it's a total moneymaker. Yeah. They they have them because people will pay for them. Yeah. Not because they're beneficial. Something to do to get put your child in. Yeah. Right. Don't do that. So opting out of those things means fewer fast food meals on the run and no cranky, overtired kids or frustrated parents. It's a win-win. It's such a win-win. And then the last one, number 10, health and maintenance. You do want to see your pediatrician. So by 18 months, most of your childhood vaccines are done. Um, you may have an additional dose when they go to school. Um, but it's a good idea to keep up with wellness visits because you are developing so quickly during these years. Right. This is when they're walking, running. All those motor skills are developing, the um, fine motor skills and large motor skills. And their speech Mm-hmm. becomes more apparent and rapid. Vocabulary is increasing. Socialization is beginning. So your pediatrician um, can just give you a regular assessment in case you need to address something. Sometimes spectrum issues come up around these ages. So you don't want to miss an early diagnosis and early intervention. Yeah. It can be um, a child that's too easy, not just a child that's too hard. Mm-hmm. You know, so You've only had your one or two or three or five or six, (laughs) and you don't know the whole spectrum. That's why a pediatrician and expert is so helpful because they've seen and studied hundreds and thousands of children, Mm -hmm. and they just have a different perspective. Right. They can Um, see something you don't know. So They really can. Yeah. Not not to freak you out or anything, but just keep getting regular assessments. That's a good idea. The parenting class that we've taught, we always bring a pediatrician in at the end because it's like here's the norm mm-hmm. here that uh, would work with uh, the average child, and there's outliers, right? And here's your expert. Bounce your questions off of them. If you're doing these things and it's not working, go get go ask an expert, and they yeah. could just be like, "Oh, it's nothing. Mm-hmm. That's you know that kind of delay or that kind of situation. We'll keep an eye on it, but it's not it's not an alarm bell, right? And if and it's Early intervention, like we've talked about in other podcasts, is really key. So if there happens to be some issue, then yeah, you've got it early and you can go to OT or PT. Yeah. Some speech things do really need addressing before age five Mm -hmm. um, to have the best resolution 
So yeah, you just want to go check it out. Right. Um, now the dentist, I did not take my kids to the dentist early on. And I think I probably should have. I oh. just remember it's like a little mouth, just eight or 10 teeth in there. Like I didn't oh, really yeah, take we them. We did. Um, they recommend that you see a pediatric dentist six months after the first tooth comes in, which is generally about 12 months old on average. So if you haven't done that yet, don't freak out, but it's a good time. It's a good just to get in the habit. It's another, um, it's another kind of office visit. You're having to lay back yeah, and open your mouth and not bite someone. No. It's just an interesting, yeah, learning curve of an experience. So. Oh, that's wild. I don't even remember how old mine were. Mine we were pretty ours. little because we were brushing their teeth for them. I don't know that it was 12 months old, but it was definitely toddlerhood. Like I'm, at least in the second, you're probably 18-ish. Somewhere around there. Probably four or five years old. Sorry, guys. Oh, yeah? <laughs> no, because by then, well, that's what we thought. Oh, they're just baby teeth. They're going to fall out anyway. Like, what's the big deal? Mm-hmm. But for one of my kids, poor Ben, he had the worst Aww. teeth. And a lot of his baby teeth had to get worked on. And some of them had to get pulled early. Um, they just were not – he did not have the best mouth. Oh. So anyway. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> and do better than that, moms. Yeah. Um, and this is the dun, 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 potty training years. Typically we have an awesome potty training episode yep. that talks about this from lots of different cultural perspectives, but in our culture, uh, you know, two and three years old is when you're giving up the diapers mm-hmm. and so, um, and the pacifiers, right. If you haven't done that yet. And so, um, check out those episodes. We actually have. Full episodes on each Full of those things, right? episodes on each of those topics. Because they're, they're big topics, but um, yeah, so check daunting. those Daunting. The potty training thing was daunting to me. There's a lot of stuff going on in the toddler years. There's a lot. A lot of development mentally, physically, yeah, sociologically, all of the things. And so, yet, I whew. really did love it. I loved it. Me I too. I loved the interaction and seeing their personalities kind of um, forming yes. preferences and it was exhilarating to me. Me too. I love the busyness and the way they would express themselves yeah. and funny little words for things and stuff like that. I just, it was super cute. Very cool. Very cool. Well, take heart, moms. You're doing great. You are. These are just, yeah, roughly and, top 10 And tips. try to enjoy the toddler years and um, persevere. <laughs> persevere. So um, you can check out resources on our website at justaskyourmom.com. And follow us on Facebook. We post our new episodes every week on there at Just Ask Your Mom or on Instagram at Just Ask Your Mom Podcast. Yep. And please rate the podcast and leave a review if you love it. If you're listening and better yet, subscribe so you'll get each new Monday episode. Send us your topic suggestions or questions at Just Ask Your Mom Podcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time on Just, Just Ask, Ask Your Mom. Your Mom.